0: thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. It is tithing. That's what I'm talking about today. Um, The first part of call it my message is going to be talking about tithing, what the Bible talks about for various scriptures as it pertains to that and money. Uh, And then I'll follow that all up with um, my testimony. You know, it's funny. It's a sensitive topic when you talk about money with the church. It's, uh, um, you know, you're not supposed to know what somebody else makes. You're not supposed to know what they paid for their house. And somehow a lot of old-time churches in particular... No, not old time. I came from one of them. You know, it's kind of like you're supposed to be not doing well. You're not supposed to have money. It's not a good thing. And one of the things, even I remember uh, when I was dating her in a Bible study, there were people that used the term, oh, money is the root of all evil. And that's not right. It's the love of money. It's when you put money first over and above God and everything else. That's where the problems occur. But it's amazing how many times you come across that, that fallacy that somehow money's wrong. Um, it's, I was looking it up, and money is mentioned over 800 times in the Bible. And most of the parables were about money. So it must have been important to God to cover that. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's not mandatory because you can't really find it like you have to do it like it's the 11th commandment. But I do know firsthand that it's he wants it because it can help you out. So tithing does a few things. It's like putting God first. That's what he really wanted you to do with it. Um, the other part is, of course, he wants to say, hey, this is now the lever to help trigger you know my blessings to you. And um, also, you know, I'll, I'll start getting into some of these scriptures here. So. Starting with Matthew 6.21. I get all my stickies here. 6.21, there we go. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. That speaks to God wanting to make sure you have the right heart about why you're even doing the tithing and giving in the first place. Um, you know, it was funny, in Matthew 23.23... I thought it would be easier with these stickies, but maybe not. Um, you know, here it is. This is. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So it's, the Pharisees are known for doing everything per- perfectly. But they had that terrible spirit. And when you're tithing, you shouldn't be doing it out of obligation. Although I can tell you firsthand that my first tithe check, I did it out of obligation. And I was gritting my teeth, but at the same time, it worked out. Um, The most important thing that stood out to me in the scripture when it came to tithing was, of course, in Malachi. So Malachi, starting with the 10th verse bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. And then it goes on, it says, I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops. The vines in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord, and then all the nations will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So by doing this, he's saying, go ahead, test me. This is, I don't remember anywhere else in the Bible that talks about testing God. In fact, I think somewhere in there it says you're not supposed to test them. So, so it's interesting that he, he gives you this out there. Um, you know, I've also had people in the past talk about like, well, tithing's from the Old Testament. It's not for today. And I'm like, okay, well, well then I start around and I go, what about Matthew 5.17, which says... Uh, It says, do not think that they have come to abolish the law or the prophets. They have come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And then on top of it, it says, uh, let me get the other one. Romans. I should have just written it all down. But my handwriting is so bad that I wouldn't be able to read my own notes. Do we then nullify the law by this faith, not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. So, you know, I just don't understand why people say that other than to think that it's a difficult thing to tithe, particularly when you're tight with money, you don't have it. Um, People say, well, I'll tithe when I have more. Well, that's a tough thing to do because we're talking about, I just wrote the scripture and I got to find it. Um, uh, I'll get that eventually. Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. There we go. When he says specifically, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So again, he's telling you what he's going to do if you just simply do this. Now, I already got to that part. It no? See, it's back to my handwriting again. I'll get to it in a second. Well, like I was saying, most of the stuff there's in here, it's talking about you do it, he's going to bless you. Uh, you do it in, with a good heart and not just because you feel obligation. And at the end of the day, it's like it's going to work out. Um, also, one of the things I always this is probably something it's never going to be fleshed out. People talk about well, what, how much you're supposed to give when they talk about a tenth. As you probably already know in the Bible, there's nowhere that it says after tax, before tax. Um, so, what some people who do tithe off of their net, what they say, well, that's what I got. That's what I'm paying ten percent on. I like to use the um, the, I won't say argument because I don't want to make it that way. But So remember when Jesus was being chased for like the 50th time by the Pharisees. They were trying to entrap him. And they said, hey, uh, who, are we supposed to pay t- t- uh, taxes? And then Jesus said, take out the coin. And this, whose picture's on it? Caesar's. And he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give God to what is God. So he stumped them. But the thing I took from that is... Who's higher in the, out of the two of those options? Caesar being the government, and then there's God. Who's higher? Which God is. So why would you think that it wouldn't be off the total pie, the, the 10%, and then and let the government take their piece first? Also, most of the time, as you may know from tax perspective, it's set up that way, uh, that you can get a deduction. But not everybody. And that kind of rolls into my... Testimony. So I grew up in church uh, and I learned a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that was bad but, uh, and wrong minded. Uh, but the one thing is it was, it was a blue collar family. My father was a warehouse worker, union though. Um, my mom was a daycare provider. You know, She had her own business. So I was never without, but I didn't have a lot. And I always wanted more. Since I was a kid, it was the strangest thing. I don't know a lot of kids that think that way. but So fast forward a number of years of highs and lows and stupid things that I went through in life. And now I'm in the working world. And I came back to the Lord. And so I had to kind of relearn all the stuff that I'd spit out for the past 10 years before that. So I met Wendy in 96 at Bible study. And that was a great thing. And in 1997, finally, it was early 97 that I finally did exactly what I said before. I grit my teeth and said, okay, Lord, I'm supposed to tithe. I'm going to tithe. And, and, you know, I made okay money for a single person, but not for one that was about to be married. Well, engaged, I should say. Within a couple of months, I was going to ask her to marry me. And we got married the following year. And... Um, You know, then you think about things like, what does everybody want when they get married, right? You want a house, maybe you want kids, that type of thing. So how can I afford all that, and I'm giving away my money? So I started doing that. And I'll say my career was, uh, um, as far as um, tithing, is probably an easy route. Not everybody can say this. Uh, I know God works in a lot of different ways with a lot of different people, but... He made it pretty easy for me. And so something tells me he might make it not too bad for you if you go this route as well. So I pay that first tithe check in, I want to say, May of 1997. Two months later, I get a phone call out of the blue. A company wants me to come in for an interview, and I got hired. And I got a 10% pay raise. I said, wonderful. Not too bad. That made up of the 10% I'm paying. Um, a few months later, that company gets bought, and they're going to lay off all these people at the corporate HQ, which is including myself. But however, they gave me six weeks' severance, including benefits, and I immediately got another job and never ran through that six weeks. And my second job that same year jumped up 20%. So I was automatically weighing the money, and I didn't really have to go through any pain and anguish of paying that other than the couple of months I had to do. So that was really, really wild. I thought, that's great. Um, I worked for that company for probably about a year and a half. And, you know, I was learning a lot of things. And um, I got another job a couple years later, and that jump was like 25 to 30%. I can tell you I was doing much of the same type of thing that I was doing. It applied different ways. It wasn't like I got this advanced degree, I got all this crazy super experience and stuff like that that made me so much better. I was just getting blessed financially like you wouldn't be. Um, So there was a number of times I could talk about that going forward from, so that's about 1999 to today. But I can tell you I make many times more than I made back then and God was the one that directed the path all along the way and in fact I decided to get cute probably 12 or 14 years ago and I decided to say hey, you know God, how about this if you let me make more than X I'll pay double tides for above X I didn't know if he was going to do it or not because it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that you can do that, okay So I decided to give that a whirl, and um, guess what he paid me the next year? Double what I got paid the year before. So I said, oh, I guess I got to write that check out. And so it's gone on and on, and I've kept that. um, So that I'm like, "Okay, I kept that, that same thought process. And what I realized was he owns everything. He can do anything he wants. So why do you think that he's going to go against what he says in his word? Sometimes it's because we just see the, the, the gravity of the real world right before us, right? What we need right now. Or sometimes we're hard on ourselves and thinking, well, maybe he meant that for somebody else, but he didn't mean it for me. What I found is that's the worst thing you can think. You can think of that about a lot of things in the Bible, right? Oh, that was, that was not for me. It's for somebody else. I'm not good enough to get that. That's silly. So the bottom line is, it's like you sit here and say, God has been really good. He took me from a blue-collar job. I mean, excuse me, blue-collar upbringing, I should say. Excuse me. I went to college that was a run-of-the-mill commuter college. It's Northeastern University. Northeastern, you don't get mad at me if you hear this. They are really hard to get into now. I couldn't get in there today. But back when I got in, that was where... Anybody could get in, and it was a lot of commuting students. So there was no special blessing from coming from money, coming from the special school or any of that stuff. Was I willing to work hard? Yeah. But the number one thing and the trigger, and you look at my career, because before I started tithing, I was already working for probably six years at that point out of school. My I absolutely skyrocketed once I just... Took that one step of faith and said, Hey, I'm going to do what God says. Test me in this. And I say to people that you can't outgive God. Give the gross, off the gross, not the net. And I'm not going to be mad at you if you do, if you don't want to listen to that. I'm just telling you. And I have told people this before, and people get defensive. And I'm like, I'm just telling you what works. It's it, it works. And when you go through these tough times and he it's like you think you can't get past whatever that financial burden's gonna be in front of you, just keep believing that he's gonna take care of it. And do keep tithing, even when times are tough and you're in those times, you know, the highs and the lows, and when you have a little bit less. But that's exactly what's my testimony been. So what do y'all think? I've, I I know a lot of people don't know me because I've been here a long time with Wendy. We've been here since '06, but I, I got to tell you, we really enjoy um, just trying to share with the stuff that's really worked, and you know, it's really been a, a blessing. And and she's 100 percent right that God also gives you those blessings. It's for you. He loves you, but he wants you to do something else with it too. And so he'll he'll press your heart like that. Missionary comes in and oh geez, that really was all, you know, you felt something God wants you to do. Or even just helping somebody out, you know, that's in the church or not even in the church. You, you, you get that extra. It makes you feel better than even when you use it on yourself. So, Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.